I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Pete, welcome back to Syndicate. Thank you so much, Armand. It's been a hot minute since you've been here. The last time was The Matrix. That is right. So now you're back with another sci-fi movie, Prey. Yes. So before we get into the movie, I Prey, think every movie that I've done with you has been sci-fi. Ghostbusters, Arrival, Matrix. Oh my God. Now Prey. You're right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You're a sci-fi boy. I am. So, okay. So before Prey, I have to ask, did you see any Predator movie before this or was this your first outing? I will say that I saw Predator versus Alien in 2004 when that first came out. And then I also saw Predator versus Alien Requiem. Yes. Which was equally as bad as the first movie of that. But the original Arnold Schwarzenegger ones, um, the first Predator, Predator 2, never saw those. You never saw them? Mm -mm. Me neither. My first outing was Predator, I mean, Alien versus Predator in 2004. And my friends didn't like it. I didn't like it either. It was... Because, like, you have these rated R movies, Alien, and then Predator, rated R, and then you have a PG-13 mashup. Makes no sense. Well, I think they did that just because of the whole... Money? Well, money, yes. But they had the Freddy vs. Jason collab a couple years before that. Maybe, like, 2001, 2002, they had that. And that was just, like, pure sci-fi horror mixed with a lot of sex. And Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why they did this. Yeah, 
I mean, and they're trying to appeal to a general audience, and just everyone wasn't happy with it. And then you have the Requiem, which was rated R, get it? Requiem. Mm-hmm. And you didn't like that either. No, it was just cheesy, and it was just cringy to watch. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that one, but from what I can recall, it was the same concept of predators versus aliens, yeah. but it took place in suburbia. Yeah, it's it's just... The stage isn't right. It's just because like when you imagine Alien versus Predator, you think it's like in the future because mm-hmm. both those movies, well, not Predator, but like they're advanced alien civilization, both of them. And so when they meet, it should be in the future. But And that's what gets me. Like they're really not that advanced. And when you think about it, well, okay, Predator, mm-hmm. definitely advanced. Everything about Predator is advanced. However, Predator has no language sounds like a gorilla or like a lion mashup well doesn't language that you can comprehend true true yes but it sounds like a gorilla mashed with a lion (laughs) it's a larilla larilla it's a larilla that's what it sounds like sort of predator like spoken word sounds like an alien honestly is just like this outer space cheetah and i don't know like I'm still trying to figure out, okay, where did this come from? I've seen all the alien movies. Where did this thing the come xenomorph? from? Yeah, the xenomorph. Well. We can go down the whole Prometheus line. Yes. We can go down yes. all of that. We can go through, you know, the whole catalog. But like the aesthetic of, I love how you put it. It's this apex predator, the mm-hmm. alien. Same thing with predator, but it's a, it's a hunter. So yeah, like you have these two archetypes. You have like the hunter and then the animalistic uh, predator. Or prey. prey. Yeah. So it's like, who's going to win? It's like, it's, it's the classic, like caveman with the spear, even, even the predator, they have like his, his devices are very like, it's, it's weaponry, it's swords and all that stuff. And with alien, it's just, it's teeth. So it's like classic hunter versus the lion and who's going to win. And every execution of that has failed until now. Cause we have prey. True. So I I mentioned this to you, like I heard about this and I just wasn't very impressed because like it just flew under the radar for me. I was like, what, what the heck is this? Pray. Is this like a fan film? <laughs> and people watch it and people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm like, huh, okay. So then I watch it and I'm like, oh shit, this is amazing. Right. Yeah. So I had no I idea. Away. I had no idea that, that this was coming out and... I found out through a buddy of mine and he was like, dude, check out this movie trailer. This looks pretty sick. And I'm like, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> 10 days later, I actually opened it up and checked it out. And I was like, wait, is this a predator movie? Sick. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll check this out. <laughs> I'm like, wait, it's a Hulu movie. Right. Okay. Let's, let's check this out. So you have a movie that isn't called predator about predators. And then it's on, it's a Hulu exclusive movie. This has a recipe of like having not a lot of coverage. It's, it's going to be not very good. And then you watch it and it's like, oh, this was, this was amazing because like, this is what you do with a franchise. Yeah, totally. It's like when Netflix started getting those direct to Netflix movies that actually turned out (laughs) really freaking good, Mm -hmm. you know? And before that it's like, oh, straight to Netflix is the same as like straight to DVD or like straight to Redbox. Like people (laughs) didn't care about those at all. But this one, this one definitely, it shined. Yeah. Like I haven't seen Predator, but like, I know I get to the chopper 
and you're an ugly son of a bitch or you're you're an ugly bitch or like like Arnold and what's great about Predator from what I do know is that you have these very machismo men these like jack dudes you have a uh, because aren't they like seals or yeah. like rangers in the forest and right it has like a Vietnam setting or something yeah. like that. So it's like when you watch this, you're expecting an action movie. In the beginning, it is an action movie. And then it pivots to be survival horror as these really tough macho men are being easily killed by this unknown force, the Predator, this this alien that can camouflage itself. Right. That's, that's the great thing about Predator. And I feel like that in its own right is just not fair. You know, like the, the, the predator is like, oh, I have all this technology. I have this weaponry that is going to outmatch everything that can be thrown at me. Plus, I'm also um, bullet resistant. I'm invisible. Right. Right. I'm fast. You can't hear me. You can't see me. And I can see you in thermal vision and night vision. But it's like it's like saying a great white shark. It's not fair to have that in the ocean because it's just going to just take over everything and it did but it's like of course it's going to take over like he has the technology to give him the advantage to be the apex predator doesn't that make sense mm, true so it, i mean you just want a more balanced fight of like okay him without the gear him just you know on his own strength and intellect fighting off whatever animal or human that he encounters yeah man and that's what's cool about alien versus predator when that first came out what, did I say Predator versus Alien at no. first? So when, yeah, when the first it's, Alien versus Predator came out, that was cool because within the first few fight scenes of those two aliens, two Predators die. And there's only three Predators in the whole movie. Mm. So two out of three die super quick. And I'm just like, oh, okay, like this thing's pretty dope. Back in 2004, when I was in high school, I'm like, all right, this is a cool movie. Watched it again recently. I'm like, this movie's trash. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad Prey came out. Let's get into Prey. So, if you were to describe Prey to someone that has never heard of this movie before, or has even seen Predator before, how would you do it? Actually, I would recommend people not see it if they haven't seen anything from the past, because when I first started watching it, I was thinking, okay, this takes place in what the 1700s or something mm -hmm. like that it's like yeah. 16 or 1700s yeah. and with like you have a you got a group of native americans and um which is pretty cool in its own right because you don't see the past predator movies in the past like that i don't think you've seen any of them in the past no they're all like modern day modern day or actually modern day they're all modern, modern day. day yeah so this is like in the past and you know early americas or that's where you think it's taking place mm -hmm. but um there's a cheesy factor with the predator when he's first introduced into the movie and yeah, everything. Yeah. Because this, before he's introduced to the movie, you have this like really cool frontier feeling of the way that the movie is shot because you have native Americans. And then you're also thinking, Oh, this takes me back to like native American cowboy type movies or like native American and like inquisitor type movies right so i was hoping for more of an i don't know watered down version of interest like introducing the predator so when he first came on board from like what i can remember because i saw this movie two weeks ago um you you see like the ship that he's in it's like invisible and then mm -hmm. he's like oh i'm here now this invisible 
creature. He got dropped off. He just got dropped off like it's a bus stop. And <laughs> I'm just like, okay. If I was watching this for the first time, I'd be like, what the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the Predator movies, but I know his motive. Mm-hmm. And his motive is essentially the kill prize game it's it's like an honors thing where he gets like that's why he like collects the spine and the skulls right it's to it's like a an honor pride right. system and that's what's cool about this movie is because there are different circumstances where you see the chain of events from what is a prey to a predator and like natural habitats like a mouse to a snake yeah. and then a snake to a let's say a bobcat or something like that yeah and the predator actually waits for that final chain to happen so he watches like every single step of prey versus predator and that predator becoming the prey to another predator. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to find the top dog Mm -hmm. and kill the top dog. And that's what he does. Like that's his game, so to speak. So that was cool to see because you don't see that in the other ones. You just see him as like a hunter, just trying to hunt the most dangerous game. Exactly. And that is not telegraphed to the user. Excuse me. That's not telegraphed to the viewer watching this movie. It's like, you're just, Making inferences like this movie relies heavily that you've seen the other films before that, you know, the mythos of the predator, like Mm -hmm. he's trying to, like you said, hunt the most dangerous game, get the top predator so he could be. So that's his prize, essentially. Mm -hmm. I just wish that, I mean, you don't have to do that because like the movie's called Prey, our main character, which is a Native American woman. She is the prey to the predator, her entire tribe is the prey to the predator and they have to fight off the predator. Well, it's not her entire tribe. It's the hunters of her tribe because okay. they're seen as threats, right? Yeah. And the way that this predator movie from the other two that I saw were not really predator movies, but the alien, <laughs> the alien versus predator movies um, in those movies, the predator killed everything and everyone didn't matter who you were. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it only focused on individuals who it saw as a threat if it if they had a weapon. Right. Yeah. So there's a sense of, I guess, morality when it comes to this predator hierarchy system. Because, mm-hmm. like, as the movie progresses, he sees, like, okay, the snake or the, the mouse getting killed by the snake, and then the snake killed by the bobcat, and then the bobcat killed by... I think a bear, something like that. Right. He goes after, yeah, he fights a bear and that's how he cross paths with uh, the native American woman. And he didn't go after her at first because he didn't see her as a threat. She didn't have a weapon. She was fleeing from the situation. Right. Because she was the prey of the bear. Yes. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until he saw the other hunters that had spears and bows and arrows where he tried to, actually go after he's like okay they're like me Mm -hmm. this is the top predator Mm -hmm. i'm gonna best them and that'll be my prize right yeah and there's also a scene later in the movie where he's battling some settlers or some like french dudes Uh right that just settled into the americas and they have these muskets and these pistols and they're just like you know putting their terry cloth and powder inside these like things trying to reload and he's just like i have a plasma cannon on my shoulder Okay, right. let me just wipe you all out. God, that was amazing. Well, first of all, I put on subtitles so I can understand what the hell that they're saying because they're mumbling. They're like, <laughs> like, I want to know what they're saying. It's in French, but I can still understand it. And 
it's just so interesting because I didn't expect that to happen. When that happened, I was like, this movie is on a whole nother level now because like, mm-hmm. I thought it was just about these Native American tribes fighting off a predator, but actually it was just everyone that was there. And what, who was there were, were these French fur traders, I guess. Right, something and, like that. And they had guns. So like, they're more powerful. They have better uh, weapons than the Native Americans. And they didn't do anything to the predator. My favorite scene in that whole sequence where like they're fighting off the predator is like they have a whole bunch of muskets and they fire at them. And then immediately like, oh shit, I have to reload. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a musket, so it takes like a long time. Yeah. And the predator just fucking kills them all. He just goes through them like a hot knife through butter <laughs> within like seconds. And you're just like, yeah, I saw this coming. <laughs> like, I mean, they, I was surprised how many there were. I thought it was going to be like five dudes. Oh, the fur traders? Yeah. There were like 50 of them or something. It was like yeah, a whole, it was like a whole town. band. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was nuts. But like, what did you think about like, our main character. I thought she was done perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't know much about Native American tradition. Like I can, you know, try and guess like an umbrella. Um, whereas like the men are the hunters and gatherers and then the women are just like the household providers. You know, the very st- like stereotypical man and woman's like archetypes within all cultures, right? Right. So that's what, you know, I just think of as like an umbrella category <clears throat> and sorry if that offends anybody so hunter and gatherer situation the hunters are going to be the men and mm-hmm. then the gatherers are going to probably going to be women and children right so you have this female lead who has these insane hunting skills mm-hmm. she has the skills she's just a badass and in her own right she's just a badass right so um i think it's really cool how they developed her character and how she was you know going twice as hard just to be recognized as one of the hunters within her her tribe exactly so that backstory was really cool and all she wanted was like her main hunt which i forget what it's called but her rite of passage right it's her her rite of passage to be seen as a hunter Mm -hmm. and as a leader within her tribe yeah and she was going to do that with the bear she was going to do it with a lion first now I'm not very well versed on zoology when it comes to North America. We have lions. Apparently we do. Yeah, they're like talking about like lions and zebras. And I'm like, hold up. Mm-hmm. Are these actually in North America? Because like I think of that as like Asia or like Africa. Right. I think not Africa. Here. I think Africa, right? Because that's where you see all of that. But who knows, man? There could have been... This was hundreds of years ago. Maybe some settlers back in the day brought some exotic animals over they probably they got did. loose you know they probably fucking did yeah in uh invasive species exactly because like if a lion was here and they they would just own everything there's mm-hmm. no predator that can outmatch a, a lion in america yeah same thing with like you know the current jurassic movies where they're bringing dinosaurs across continents and did everything gets fucked up did you see that last one, I, I Dominion? Saw, yeah, it was bad. I heard it was bad. Yeah, it was like Jurassic Park meets Indiana Jones meets, I don't know. It was just a bad movie. But that sounds amazing. Right? In theory, it sounds pretty fun. But then you're just like, no, this is not. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I didn't pay to watch it. But mm, if you can not pay to watch it, do it like that. Oh, it's available for not paying? On some platforms. 
Is it going to be like someone with like their camcorder and like <laughs> recording? <laughs> it might screen? be. It might be. I think it's on DVD now, so I think there's good. Yeah, the good f- rips. The free ninety nine on Twitch. Oh my god! Imagine like your Twitch streaming in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm watching uh, Prey. They just set up their webcams. The ultimate flex. <laughs> someone was doing that for the UFC fights. Like pretending oh that they were playing, quote, a game, a fighting game, but they're just showing the pay-per-view of the UFC. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Legit. Bro, it's on uh, PlayStation 10 over there. Yeah, exactly. So back to Prey. Um, so, yeah, I thought she was a great character. And honestly, like, she was she was a powerful woman. Like She and, was. And, and she was smart, which was more was important. Smart. She was extremely intuitive Mm -hmm. um even some cool things like she takes a a, she makes a rope basically out of like tree bark right and you see this process like okay this badass and then she ties it to her hatchet Mm -hmm. and ties it to her wrist yes immediately i think scorpion from mortal Ah. Kombat, because she's throwing a hatchet and she's bringing it back yeah i'm just like oh my god that's like scorpion and she was practicing with it to Mm -hmm. like perfect the technique and it was funny because like one of her other hunters they saw that and they're like, you need a leash for your axe. Right. And you're just like, okay, dumbass. Have you seen Mortal Kombat? Yeah. <laughs> Have you played Mortal Kombat, bro? Obviously not. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, she was definitely smarter than everyone else in her pack. Absolutely. There was one person in her pack that was super smart and actually kind of saved her for a split second when she was running out of the forest into this like field of tall grass and he like pulled her down. And she probably would have died if he wasn't there. Yeah. But then ultimately he dies. But yes. whatever. Everybody dies in this movie. Right. Except her. Except her. She was the one, like, as this movie progresses, spoiler alert, she's the one that kills a predator. I know. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. Gotta kill the predator. But, like, she does it. And, like, she does it, like, not only with, like, her strength and her technique, but also, like, she outsmarted the predator, which was, like, so awesome because like there was a setup early in the movie where she's talking she's entrapped uh, i think by the fur traders and then i think it was her brother her friend dad someone else one mm-hmm. of the other hunters and she was saying like we need to get out of here like we're gonna die and she's talking about this beaver that got trapped and mm-hmm. even the beaver like chewed off its leg to get out of the trap right. so actually before all that she gets trapped in a bear trap by the fur traders and the predator is chasing her. He's invisible, whatever. So she gets trapped and you're thinking, okay, this is it. This is where this girl's story ends. And we probably get a new one after this. (laughs) So I'm thinking, okay, she's going to die right here. And what happens is the predator is like, Oh wait, my prey just became trapped in something that's not exciting. I don't want to kill that. So he just like figures that out, lets her go. He's like, right why should i do this forgot about that part exactly so i'm like okay this guy just or this space alien hunter just wants a thrill at first i thought it was the predator's trap and then i realized wait a minute this has like chain links Mm -hmm. could it be and then that's when the white people showed up right that's when the french starts getting spoken and i did not have subtitles so i cannot understand anything of what they were saying (laughs) but um yeah so when I think it's her brother actually who gets trapped as well. Yeah. And there's something that happens when the predator is fighting the fur traders, his helmet gets knocked off, right? So his helmet gets Mm -hmm. knocked off. And I always thought that 
in the past Predator movies when the Predator would lock on to, you know, a threat or something else. Um, he was controlling that lock on and he was controlling if something with his mind. Well, you know how we can track things with like Google glass with our eyeballs. Yeah. So I, I've, it's technology, right? So I always felt like, okay, he locks on and then he somehow has a thing either in his helmet on his wrist. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like top gun Maverick. He's just, he'll fire when he fires, right? Locked on. So <laughs> what happens in this movie his helmet gets knocked off and his helmet is what determines the threat. He doesn't. And his helmet determines when to fire. He doesn't. So that is what threw me off a little bit because you don't see that in other predator movies, even the predators movies with like, is it Adrian Brody? He's he's in in that. That was a cool movie. Actually, that was a good movie. That was a good movie. I enjoyed that one. I totally forgot about that one. I just want to see it for Adrian Brody. Yeah, it was, I knew he was in that. I was I, like, I want to see. I that. definitely enjoyed that one. That was a cool one. Okay, but um, yeah. So the way that she uses her ingenuity to trap the predator is she takes the helmet, yeah, puts it in direct sight of the predator being the predator to her prey, and that's how he dies because the helmet recognizes him as mm-hmm. a predator to a prey granted the movie's name she was being the prey yeah so i'm like oh that was fucking smart that was so cool yeah i was like damn because mm-hmm. like i thought she was gonna die at that moment i was like really yeah you're screwed like <laughs> you're done and then the bullet came back and it shot him in the head i was like oh my god mm-hmm. this is how you do it mm-hmm. it was amazing and I, it was so satisfying so she finally gets that rite of passage and she comes back with the skull of the predator. And, well, the head. And it's like yeah. bleeding, glowing green. That's so cool. I mm-hmm. loved it so much. So I bring that up because, unfortunately, I have noticed some hate on the internet. Okay. When it comes to this movie. So people are saying that it's not realistic, that she would have killed a predator because of X, Y, and Z. And... I just don't understand. I've I've noticed, let me explain this a little bit. I've noticed a trend. So like people were criticizing this movie because like, how could she beat a predator? It makes no sense. Well, we just told them. Exactly. She outsmarted the predator. Using its own technology. Yes. People are like, no. And then the same exact critique is given to like, for example, Ray, Ray Skywalker Mm -hmm. in The Force Awakens. How could she beat a Sith Lord? Or a Knight of Ren, Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. And like, I've noticed this trend of like, how come this protagonist is, is a female? Is a female. And succeeds. Yes. It makes no sense. And I'm like, hold up. Let's rewind the clock a little bit. Hold up. Let's rewind how there was also a team of females that helped beat Thanos. Yes. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Like people bitched about and that. And people bitch about everything that's female-led. Yeah. And... I'm like, excuse Come on, me. 2022, grow up. But even turn back the clock to the 80s. You have uh, Ellen Ripley of Alien. We've, mm-hmm. we've seen the Alien movies. Mm-hmm. She kills the Queen Bee, the main alien, mm-hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. using her own strength and her own intellect. Wasn't she also like resurrected twice in those movies? She was for sure resurrected once, probably twice in the third one. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I love those movies. Those, yeah, those are fantastic. Th- those are great movies, but like no one's complaining about those. And then you have the Terminator movie where Sarah Connor 
kills the Terminator. You're Terminated, fucker. Mm-hmm. No one bats an eye for that. And I think there was another one in the 80s with a female uh, lead. But anyways, you have these strong women archetypes. Mm-hmm. No one's batting an eye back then. How come it's a problem now? Is it because those those women characters in those movies had very masculine properties? Princess Leia. No one complains about how she saved Luke and Han in right. uh, the first Star Wars movie. Right. But it's also kind of different and i don't think people recognize how leia saved luke and han really mm-hmm. without her they would have been screwed oh yeah for sure like they were like well, here's, here's the thing like yeah go on you look at you know what's her name dr ripley an alien yeah, she was a doctor yeah yeah so you look at her sigourney weaver and um what other movie we're talking about terminator terminator sarah cotter both of them have like that Bruce Willis vibe to them. That they're that, tough. That like diehard they're kind of muscular. Vibe. Yeah, it's that masculine. That was the eighties too. Yeah, everyone you know, was jacked in the eighties. Yeah, look <laughs> at what's it called? Um, American Gladiators, where like <laughs> yes, <laughs> testosterone and steroids just funneled in through Kool Aid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I feel like those female led characters were just these masculine badasses and now as armand cracks open a new liquid death this is not sponsored by the way um we have these other movies like avengers where we have a whole like female-led team at the end of endgame that kick ass and then we have ray in star wars who kicks ass and then we have um this woman in prey which i don't even think we ever get her name right I knew her brother's name, which was Pooey, but she kept on saying it. Pooey. But, like, I didn't get her name. But anyways, yeah, she's the the female warrior. They're just these smart women who outmaneuver, outthink conflict. And yeah, they're also attractive, and people have issues with that. Is it? Okay. I don't want to... I don't want to immediately go to like the fragility of man, but like, Oh, men are fragile, bro. Like men are super fragile. I've witnessed this. Like when, for example, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, all, all of us men are fragile. I don't care who you are. Oh yes. Yeah. Everyone's fragile period. But like when I was being vocal against the Roe v. Wade being overturned, like what the fuck, like Mm -hmm. women's rights being, uh, infringed upon anyone's rights being infringed upon is wrong. But like, for example, but like specifically women being oppressed, like this is a thing. And every single person who criticized me was a man, not a woman, Mm -hmm. a man. And I'm like, I I made, I was like every single person that criticized my point about women losing their freedoms was a man, was a man. And they lost their freedoms to men. Exactly. For the most part majority wise um which is still really fucked up like what year is it right now you know 1945 exactly it's (laughs) it's yeah it's a whole another podcast episode that's not a movie or we could do the handmaid's tale whatever you want to do hey yo but yeah that came true but anyways but like yes like the fragility of like why is it so offensive for for men to see a woman succeed but we see that in the movie prey because of the hunters in the movie saying, oh, she's going to slow us down. We don't need a medic. We don't need a 
Cook on our hunts because they saw her as this fragile female character. In the end, she was tougher than the entire tribe. She belongs in the kitchen of the teepee. That, that's what they were saying. She belongs on the front lines. She outsmarted the predator. Like, where all the men failed. It wasn't even overt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh man, I'm so stupid. I need a woman. To, to, no, it was like, they all, they, they tried. They really tried. They hurt the predator. But like, ultimately they failed. Mm-hmm. Except for her. I mean, yeah, I can, I can hurt a grizzly bear, maybe. But I'm, I'm going to get torn to like, you know, confetti within exactly. seconds. Exactly. And that's what happened to these poor souls. Like, it just blows my mind that people have a problem with that. And I think, because like, I, I really, I really meditate. And I was like, why are people so offended by, by, by a woman like this? And I think I know why. Let's go back to, we're 10 years old. Mm-hmm. We have a tree house. Mm-hmm. We have a clubhouse. And we have a sign that says no girls allowed. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. They want to see men be powerful. They want to see men succeed. Toxic, mas- toxic masculinity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just immaturity as well. It is. They don't want to, like, you're not in the club. You don't have a penis. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think there's any nefarious reason. I think it's just they're jealous and they're jealous that, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they just need some a maturity check. Be like, you know what, it's time to grow up. True. Very true. Yeah. A lot of uh, people stuck in outdated thoughts exactly. and beliefs. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's annoying to me. Um. Honestly, we're all equal, men, women. Like, doesn't matter who you are. Not in the eyes of the Supreme Court. <laughs> Supreme Court is <laughs> fucked. So, how come we're not storming the Supreme Court, Pete? Is that what you're saying right now? You want to storm the Supreme Court? Uh, nope. That's what you're. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of, I would love to do a podcast on Nope, but I think you did that already, right? I did already. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's okay, Pete. How was it? You saw it. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. I didn't yet? see Nope yet. No. Oh, that was my other friend. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, in my opinion, I think it's Jordan Peele's best work. Jordan Peele is a mastermind. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like us, to be honest. I liked us. Like it was good in the beginning, in my opinion. The end and then kind it of ruined it. Yeah. Out. And I was like, uh, I, like I, I understand where he went with it. But I was just like, yeah, I like the subtext, mm, yeah. but like the execution, it's like, this could have, but I mean, what do you expect? Hey, you like, got to pay your dues, man, somehow. And that was his due. That was his due. It's like, get out. It's like, yeah, you know, I've been working on this for a while. Mm-hmm. Look how awesome it is. Do another movie. Us was go. probably, right. <laughs> Us was probably rushed. Um, they were probably like, hey, get out, destroyed everything. Let's do something do just it. as creepy. Do it again. Do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyways, back to Prey. Uh, what were we talking about? Female-led badasses? Yeah, you know, I, I was just saying, like, I've noticed that there has been... I mean, it's a minority, but, like, it's still there, and it's, like, it's pretty loud. Just because it's a few loud voices, it seems bigger than it is, but it's still, like, it's still there. It's, like, how come... I? It just, it just it angers me, because, like, every single time 
there's been a female protagonist that has been powerful. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. People have a problem with that. And it's like, why? And specifically, mm-hmm. men have a problem. I don't see any women being like, Argh. well, I think it's because you probably have some men out there who are thinking like, why can we have a man in this role right uh, there's then, so many other movies like that yeah but like also captain america take it back. iron man mm-hmm. star lord mm-hmm. take it back to real life real world and how few leaders there are in corporate america who are women luckily for me my but is that true yeah i, I mean i from, mean every company i worked at the upper management's it's a good amount of women in there. Most of the companies I've been at, um, it's been a good old boys club. I've been at in, one company that in terms was a of, boys club. In terms, of, in terms of powerful leadership within that company. Yeah, there were female you know, VPs and everything else, but everything else was the good old boys club. You know, super old, all white leaders. And you're just thinking, okay, this is outdated, whatever. But my last two employers heavy on the female leaders and was like heck yeah ooh, ooh, ooh. yes mommy <laughs> nice but like yeah and then one of the companies i would say same thing except young people they're like frat boys oh it's terrible the ceos that's terrible no thanks it was toxic i've heard stories mm-hmm. like it was like mad men imagine mad men it was like that mm-hmm it's crazy. Yeah, but Mad Men makes sense for the 50s. Like, Except this is 2020. This is 2022. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand what the problem is. Okay, so I want to transition to aliens. So, Pete, I know you believe in aliens. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we still have to say that, For first of all. I know, right? Like, aliens are real. So... I don't care if it's like a microorganism outside of Earth. It's still an alien. That, that is an alien. So this movie kind of, tra- it opens the floodgates because like we haven't seen a movie quite like this before because like each one of these franchises are kind of like pigeonholed to like whatever the original film was. And like with the original film of Predator, it's like you have these Navy SEALs, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Jesse Ventura mm-hmm. fighting an alien. So it's like, oh, well, the rest of the movies have to be like that. 
And this one was like, you know what? Let's do something a little bit different. Let's have like ancient man, Native Americans from hundreds of years ago fighting a technological beast mm-hmm. and see what happens. And I think that opens the floodgates because like you can have like aliens fight knights in shining armor. You have aliens fight samurai. Cowboys versus aliens. Not that movie, but, mm-hmm. but like, it, you know, it opens the floodgates. It's like, okay, we can have more story devices, tell a more interesting story. Right. And I bring this up because like, I know you subscribe to ancient aliens. Mm-hmm. I know you have your Gaia uh, subscription. Mm-hmm. So do you think this could have happened? Let's be honest. That's, that's, could this? Oh, that's okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, let's open up the doorway for sure. Um, something Speaking of ancient aliens, I just saw an episode on Hulu because <laughs> all the seasons are on there and it's my, you know, kryptonite. <laughs> so I love that show. But anyways, there's an episode that um, it, th- someone unearthed these cave drawings and like stones that were depicting dinosaurs as if humans were around when dinosaurs were around. Yeah, right? That blows your mind. Hmm. So could this have happened? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, the universe is how many trillion or billion years old? Are you familiar with the Anunnaki? Sounds familiar. So the Anunnaki, all right, let's go back to ancient Samaria. Ancient Samaria, in their pyramids in Africa, they in their Sanskrit, they describe beings from another world they ha- they have drawings that look like rocket ships they have drawings of people that look like astronauts and this mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. tens of thousands hundred maybe not hundred thousand but like old a long time ago before the pyramids before ancient uh, egypt like the first recorded history is just people in spaceships it looks like airplanes mm-hmm. so it's like okay were we visited before i know we're going full giorgio Takulos right now giorgio my hair is growing aliens. right now but like it must be <laughs> aliens i'm not saying it's aliens but it's aliens the i'm not saying it was aliens but it was uh people not from here exactly aliens <laughs> have you thought about it aliens so like do you think well do you think this is plausible and also do you think perhaps Ancient aliens from a long time ago have influenced humanity in some way. Um, I think it's safe to say that there's no reason that we can't write it off because there's no way that we can't prove that they never came here in the past. That's true. I don't know if I fully subscribe to if aliens came here and influenced humanity, but what I do know is that aliens are real. And I think ancient man knew that too, you know, because like we have these giant monuments to like the pyramids that are celestial aligned. And it's like, why do we, how did we build these? And how do we know? We have, we have all these ancient tributes to the sky. Yeah. Right. But granted there are, you know, almost every religion out there that speaks of like deities, like actual deities. They all are either sun-based or moon-based. So a lot of things are astrological. Astrological. Is that right? Real word? Astrological? Astrological <laughs> based. So, um, yeah, like they see the sky as the great beyond. That's where they think the creator is, all these different religions, right? So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that there's all these different 
um, monuments and tributes and other things that point towards the sky as, you know, our creator is up there or the higher power is up there. Um, yeah. But in the past, I mean, there's no reason why someone could say, no, this never could have happened in the past. I think people want to say it never happened in the past because our own earth-based technology was never at that scale back then. But how do we know? Because think about this, because like if we humans were to stop, we all die. We all disappear. What have you, all of our technology, what would survive in 5,000 years? What would survive in 10,000 years? Do you think our iPhones, our Androids would stand the test of time? No, no. What would, what would last stone? Yeah. Rock. And that's all that's left of ancient civilization. True. True. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So it's like maybe at the same time, at the same time, if there was a truly advanced society on earth forever ago, there'd be some sort of remnant, like some, let's just some sort of metallic remnant or some sort of like some sort of, I don't know. Like, I feel like we would find mesh wire, something, something out there. Well, we did find a computer. Right. We found a computer. We found, um, <laughs> right. We found, we a found, computer. we found, we found ancient batteries in Egypt. So really, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know about that. yeah, there's these things there. I forget what they're actually called, but they're these batteries. They're like the size of take like your average flower vase. Uh-huh. And the Egyptians found a way to create power through these ceramic vases by filling them with different compounds chemically and whatever. And they're able to mm. put a mixture of like copper and something else down the vase while all these other things are inside the vase. And that transferred power the same way that a modern AA battery does. So it makes you think what they were powering. Mm-hmm. It's probably lights. Could have been anything really. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty cool. See, I knew about the computer that they found, which I don't think even we know what it was used for because it's a whole bunch of gears. And... A bunch of gears. Who knows? It could have been like a clock. Don't know. But at the same time, a clock is also kind of a computer. Right. It's a piece of technology that you wouldn't expect tens of thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay, let me ask this. Do you think aliens, if they were to come here, do you think they influenced our progression forward? Well, in terms of a species? Technologically speaking? In terms of our biological makeup? Okay, how about, answer, answer both ways. Mm-hmm. Both biologically and technologically. So today, modern science is still trying to figure out this like blank time between man came from ape, right? So mm-hmm. the whole evolution timeline, there is this massive black hole in the like gap in time yeah. where we can't line up one part of the evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. And that's where these like ancient astronaut theorists are like, oh, that's because aliens came from outer space and fast forward to the process of evolution <laughs> and put their own DNA into blah, 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 yes. whatever, fucking whatever. Um, but long story short, could they have come down? Could they have come down from space, influenced us somehow 
Yes, sure. There's no way for us to prove that. You know, there's no way for us to say, oh, this is the exact time when aliens came to Earth and influenced humanity in this way. Um, it's all speculation, right? Like, that's why people say the pyramids were built by the aliens, you know, and all this other, you know, whack stuff that's out there. But, I mean, also think about it. The pyramids in Egypt. Yeah. You know how many millions of slaves were out there at that time? Well. To, like, actually drag these large blocks of limestone. Here's the thing. That is the conventional explanation for how the pyramids were built but that actually doesn't make sense if you really think about it because it's like how did they have the well i mean they're slaves but like we would find their houses we would find remnants yeah we because like mostly what archaeologically what we dig up is garbage Mm -hmm. so if you have like millions of slaves building these giant monuments to these pharaohs you would find you know evidence of living Mm-hmm. So if you have all those people there on this huge project, you would find evidence of their existence and there hasn't been for whatever reason. So unless they wanted to purify the area around it to make sure that it was unscathed of the slaves, it, it sounds really fucking bad, but um, maybe that's why, maybe that's why, but look at the massive project of the great wall of China. And there's, there's bodies inside the Great Wall of China. There's corpses within the Great Wall of China that died while it was being built. Yeah, wow. and they just built on top of them. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. That is fucking nuts. Yeah. There's no evidence for that with the pyramids. No. Which I had a professor, archaeology professor. He said that most likely the majority of workers were independent contractors. In Egypt? Yes. Not slaves. Independent contractors. Okay. And the contractors were aliens? From the, the Alpha Century. You're telling me that the pyramids were built privately and non-union? <laughs> okay. Exactly. That's what he was saying. And I said, like, well, what about aliens? He was like, what, are you stupid or something? <laughs> are you some kind of dumbass? <laughs> uh, but, like, well, the real question is, how did we transport all that stone? Mm-hmm. Because, like... But because their quarries were, like, 100 miles away. Exactly. So, like, there's a theory that we used sound technology to, like, levitate or, like, move the stones a certain right. way. There's a whole episode on that. and Really? In Ancient Aliens. Yeah, like, some guy down in Florida or something that found out a way to levitate things. And like, yeah. He found out a way to mm-hmm. levitate Oh, things. yeah, find it. It's in, like, one of the first ten seasons of Ancient oh, Aliens. First ten seasons. It's a good needle in the haystack episode. Um, but, yeah, like... What's the narrator say? Is it possible so, that people levitated stones in a world <laughs> where stones levitate? Yeah. Um, where are they? Where did they come from? Why did they leave? <laughs> Will they return? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, there's a lot of episodes in that show that are pretty whack, but they're entertaining. I mean, I've been watching the History Channel since I was like six. I love the History Channel. There's this meme I saw. It was like History Channel at 1 p.m. And it's like ancient Giza, like a picture. Uh, History Channel at 1 a.m. It's the same picture, but with like aliens and they're levitating stones and like the pyramids are giant batteries. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, basically. So I want to switch uh, franchises for a second because we mentioned the alien franchise. Okay. You want to talk about Halo? 
Not Halo. Okay. Um, have you heard of the theory on panspermia? No. Okay, panspermia. So, okay. So in the Prometheus movie, they showed these cylinders that were being fired at planets that were seeding planets mm-hmm. with life. And that was implied that human life came from one of these facilities and we were seeded on Earth. Do you believe possibly that Earth was seeded? Maybe it doesn't have to be a deliberate. Maybe it was like an asteroid mm-hmm. hit the planets, and that's where DNA came from. I mean, there's no way for us to, you know, say no to that. That We can't prove that that never happened. Um, but it also goes into, like, the hollow moon theory, where people truly believe the moon is a base which is studying the earth and who believes that look it up man i know i just spitted some insane conspiracy theories right now but like the moon is mm-hmm. a base where people are observing us mm-hmm. yeah because who believes this so if the manager you, at burger king exactly that's where all the bird that's where all the whoppers are hidden mm-hmm. in the hollow earth it's actually where <laughs> it's actually where twix bars are made <laughs> um no so there's a whole theory around the moon and how it's in, it's a precise, what is it? I forget like the size difference, but it's everything about the size of it to the exact distance between the earth and the sun. It is basically like winning the lottery on steroids for the universe because we never, we don't see anything similar to this anywhere else in the universe that we know of. So you look at other celestial bodies and their moons, their moons are minuscule compared to their planets. However, the moon is relatively like a little brother to our planet. Yeah. And it just, it's, there's, it's very fascinating and it's very complex to dive into that rabbit hole. But yes, there is a theory where people truly believe that the moon is kind of like a death star type of thing because um, when we first landed on the moon in what, well, maybe not at first, but in one of the missions <laughs> in one of the missions to the moon, um, they actually purposely dropped one of their landing devices onto the moon from a certain height. And they wanted to see, okay, let's, track this with like a, with a uh, seismograph or something like that. And once they dropped it and it made contact, they said that the moon itself rang like a bell for half an hour. So things that are hollow, like a bell, would ring like that. Things that are dense and non-hollow wouldn't. And if you also look at the moon, we had different craters the size of a table to a parking lot. They all go the same depth, more or less as if the moon itself is just covered in a fine dust of sorts. It doesn't have any actual sublayers. Who said that? Check it out, man. An astronaut said that? Yeah. So one of the astronauts in one of these moon missions, when they did this test by dropping equipment onto the moon yeah. at a very high elevation, uh-huh. confirmed that it rang for like 30 minutes. Like it, like sound, like reverberated out as Armand starts to Google. I'm this. gonna look this up. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right. Meantime, the experiments we had left on the lunar surface were busy recording and transmitting data. They all worked well, with one exception, and they were really producing useful data. One unexpected result came from the seismic experiment recording the impact of the Intrepid on the surface after we had jettisoned it. The entire moon rang like a gong, vibrating and resonating for almost an hour after impact. The best guess was that the moon was composed of rubble a lot deeper below its surface than anyone had ever assumed. The internal structure being fractured instead of a solid mass could bounce the seismic energy from piece to piece for quite a while. So that's basically them trying to cover so up. It did happen. Hey, the moon isn't hollow. This is why it rang like that. But this is why we have the hollow moon theory. Well, that is... See, when you're saying that, I was like, nah. Mm-hmm. But it actually happened. Right. There's yeah. a diagram I see I'm, right here. I mean, I'm not going to steer you wrong on this. Well, that is, that is not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm not saying the Earth... I'm, oh, excuse me. Maybe the Earth is hollow. I'm not saying the moon is hollow. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's why there's life on this planet. is because, like, we're perfect amount of distance away from the sun. Right. The moon is a perfect amount of distance from the earth like in order to help regulate other natural and then the forces tilted exactly perfectly mm-hmm. so i mean we're in the perfect situation i mean it, it, if we're the only quote life in the universe then we're the product of the cosmic lottery but like mm-hmm. at the same time i don't think I don't think we're alone. I mean, if it can happen here, it can happen elsewhere. Right. I mean, look at, you know, the new images that we got from NASA from that new space. Jupiter? No, no, well, Jupiter was pretty dope. That just came out this past week. Yeah. But look at um, the other images and other galaxies and everything else that were identified for the first time. Right. And you just see dozens and dozens of galaxies that look like our own Milky Way. And you're like, okay, I wonder what's going on in there. Right, like, and that's life as we know it. Like, mm-hmm. life could not be oxygen-based, could not be carbon-based, could be something else. Right. So, and life could exist beyond this dimension. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you want to go into string theory? Want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, no, let's, let's not dive into that right okay. now. I Because I got to start watching, like, Interstellar and going through that. Make them stay, Merv. Make them stay. <laughs> yeah, like, that in its own thing. I can talk about aliens and string theory and whatever else until the sun engulfs the earth. You know, you have to come back. Maybe it'll be interstellar. Maybe who knows? Oppenheimer. Who knows? But like, I want to see that. We're going to, we're going to dive into stream string theory mm-hmm. next time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's get off the fence and then we can close the show. Do you think if a predator came during any point of, in history, where do you think he would have found the most trouble killing its prey? Now well, and since ancient Egypt, let's say. And the prey being humans? Mm-hmm. I would say anywhere along the timeline of humanity, outside of like cave people. So out, I would say within any sort of civilized group humanity, he would have trouble. So because we're, we're always the foil to him. We, well, humans are the most dangerous game. Eee. Right? <laughs> I think you're waiting for that for the past hour. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we have this, this female huntress in Native America who 
is this super smart, witty human who outmaneuvers the predator. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And then I'm sure whatever timeline you go into for humanity, humans will pose a challenge because humans naturally find a way to survive. Yeah, you could always say, okay, life finds a way, Jeff Goldblum, (laughs) right? Jeff Goldblum, life finds a way. Yeah. So humans always find a way to survive. And that poses, you know, the big challenge for the predator because humans are going to use, you know, their ingenuity, their creativity more so than like a snake would, more so than a bobcat or a coyote would or a lion. Because that's the big thing. Like, unlike our animal counterparts, we have a bigger brain, which makes us more smarter. Unless we're dolphins. But dolphins don't have thumbs. thumbs. Arms and they can't manipulate their environment. We can, so we can create weapons and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Mm -hmm. So my next question is if you were to make like a follow-up to this, what time period would you want to see the predator in? I know mine. Well, seeing how all these movies are relatively the same, um, I would actually like to see something set out way in the future where Mm. humans actually find the predators out in space, the same way that humans found um, the alien species in Avatar, right? Mm. So humans go out, they find this planet. They're like, oh, wait, there's an actual society on here from a different life form. So that would be kind of cool. But then you're getting back into the predator versus human archetype again. And it's just it's just going to be, okay, this is the same battle, but in the predator's home court than the human's home court. That would be cool. That's how you do it. But then we have something that's very Halo-esque then. Hey. Right? So hey. and, and what's actually yeah and, and what's actually kind of funny is um how similar of a cranium likeness there is to the Arbiter and other the elites. elites in Halo and the Predator. And Sangili. Right. So like their mouths are the same, like right. four point mouth and everything. Like it's a very similar looking alien. You know, we made that comparison years ago. We were like, let's watch all the alien movies. And we're mm-hmm. watching the alien movies, especially aliens. The second one. We're like, wait a minute, this is halo. It's the same exact aesthetic for the Marines. Yeah. It's basically halo. Um, the way like the flood happens, the way that the different like other shit. Ha- yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very similar how do we say this formula? Right. Yeah. Um, but what's funny is even though it's this similar formula, even for the elites and the predator, um, there's also something funny about it because the predator biological makeup. Yeah. just looks like some hulked out dude. Yeah. Right. But then when he takes his mask off, has this weird four point jaw system, yeah. which is just wild. Same thing with the elites in halo. Uh-huh. And something my buddy and I have always joked about was imagine one of these aliens going to town on an uncut watermelon (laughs) and what that would look like. It would just, it would just be messy and just hilarious. Probably the same way like a hippo eats a watermelon. (laughs) You you ever ever see that before? No. Yeah. Check that on, on YouTube. Um, but yeah, just like one of these crazy looking four point jaws going after an uncut melon. 
You know, I, I'm really intrigued by your take on where to take the Predator franchise because, like, that's what you would do. You would want to go to their home turf and, like, see what their world is like. Or just say, like, you stumble upon a Halo ring and, mm-hmm. like, you're, that, it's, it's, it's just an alien environment, not like Earth. Well, what I would like to do is maybe do World War One. Ooh, that'd I would be say World War Two, but it's, it's overplayed. But like World War One, where it's like we have advanced technology, but not too advanced, and mm-hmm. like it'd be cool. Like during like a battlefield between like the English and the Germans, they're fighting, and then the Predator ship comes, and it's like, oh my god, what is this? Yeah, but then you can like start bringing it into the whole formula of like Assassin's Creed, where like Assassin's Creed takes place in it could take place in any part of the human timeline. Like, oh, yeah. let's think of the Predator versus the Samurai, right? Exactly. Let's think of the Predator versus, I don't fucking know, like... Uh, Medieval times? British football gangs. Nah. Like, <laughs> anything, really, bro. Like, anything works for it. And I think that's why Predator works in so many different dynamics is because, yeah, you have this, like, machismo origin of the predator movies yeah but then you fast forwards into like the modern day like suburbia and then you have like the modern day military but then you go backwards in time and you have this native american early settler time period which still poses a threat yeah it's it what i enjoy about the predator movie that we watch prey is like it shows something that we don't really see much. We don't really see a whole bunch of Native American movies mm-hmm. nowadays. So, one, it's good representation. Two, it also shines a light, and it's like, you know, we can make more interesting stories. There's so much more that we could talk about. So many more settings we can have a backdrop in instead of having the same old, same old, where everything seems the same, it's boring, it's cash grab. It's like, clearly, the director of this film had a vision. And they executed it, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So my final question, would you recommend Prey to a friend? I would if they are, one, familiar with what the Predator is. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say, oh, this is an action movie with aliens and Native Americans. That in itself would be different because the Predator is a very niche alien experience, you know? And it's also one of those like sci-fi horror niches. Yeah. So it's definitely an acquired taste when it comes to an alien movie. But if people like have a like even the slightest background, if they saw AVP or AVP Requiem or Predators with Adrian Brody <laughs> or the original Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator movie, yeah. then yeah, like be like yeah, check it out because you know exactly what the Predator is going to do and it's a whole archetype of being, you know, this hunter. Exactly. Um, but if they have no idea, like if I just grab someone off the street, be like, Hey, do you know what the, what the predator is? And they're like, no, I'm like, all right, don't watch this movie. I feel like a lot of people are going to watch this movie on Hulu because it's, it's Hulu. Yeah. Right? And, be and it's like, free. And it's free. And they're gonna be like, wow, that looks interesting. And then they're going to be like, wait, this has aliens in it. What, what the fuck is this? And really? Yeah. Because when I thought the movie was great, I mean, I thought it was a fantastic movie yeah. because I I understand what Predator is and all that. But then just like how I said earlier, the introduction of the Predator in the movie is very cheesy and it's very quick. Like there's nothing that leads up to, oh, this is the Predator coming to Earth and why he's coming to Earth. So if yeah. you 
look outside of the movie and you look at the bigger picture, you understand that he comes to earth to be the top predator of, of nature. Right. So that's why he goes after like the lion or the bear or anything else. He's trying to kill what he determines is the most powerful creature. Yeah. And then ultimately finds humans. Yeah. I mean, but we don't get that. That's for the viewer to put together. Right. Yeah. I mean, that intro sequence, it is a bit jarring. Mm -hmm. I like the subtlety when like, she like looks up and she sees like, you know, some, a disturbance in the clouds so it's like oh it's an alien ship mm-hmm. and then they went too far where it showed like the ship and then the mm-hmm. the predator pops down pops down and goes into his full invisible camo yeah and I, i'm just like okay there's that happened so quick that if you don't understand what this being is yeah you're lost and you're like wait what the fuck is that like that dude's got dreadlocks like exactly. this is native america dreadlocks don't exist <laughs> Exactly. And you're just like, what is, what is this movie now? What did I sign up for? If you don't have yeah. that background. Right. And that's when it felt like a fan film, mm-hmm. something you would see on YouTube, someone, a fan of the Predator franchise would make, which I, essentially this is what this movie is, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, yeah, there's no explanation. And that's like the biggest thing. You could have spent like five minutes or less, just like visually showing the viewer while this Native American story is happening, you have the threats of like an alien coming mm-hmm. and then they cross paths. It's like, what's going to happen? Right. You could have done that. But like instead, or it's just through the perspective of the Native American. And then slowly as the film progresses, you realize, wait a minute, this is an alien. Right. That would have been cool. Yeah. And then the alien is a predator. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Oh man, mm-hmm. mind blown. blown. That'd be sweet. But the studios probably 20th Century Fox. They're probably like, you know what? No, people need to know what it is. Mm-hmm. They're like, we got low budget. We just gotta get to it. So they just blow the load right in the beginning of the movie. With mm-hmm. Bad CGI. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know what? Overall, it was a great movie. It was um, easily one of my favorite Predator movies that I've seen. Um, I even was watching it and my dad was like, Hey, what are you watching? I'm like, just check it out. And he was like, he just sat down for like 10, 15 minutes and he was like, okay, this is a pretty cool movie. I can get down with this. Yeah. But he saw it from just what the native American side was, had no idea what he, he never saw the predator in the movie. He never saw any of that. So he just thought it was like some badass like native American movie. So and was he confused when like the alien popped up? He never saw any of that. He, he only watched the whole movie. No, he only, only saw it for like fifteen or twenty minutes. But it was like a time where it was only the female lead trying to win over her tribe as a hunter. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where the juice is. That's where the juice is, man. Like, I had more fun watching her story rather than the sci-fi horror of the predator and it trying to navigate, Oh wait, humans are here. What's a human. They're dangerous. They have weapons. Right. So yeah, it was, it was a very, it was a very good movie. I wish it was more subdued to be honest. How so? Like what I said before, like instead of like having it be overtly predator, you could have done it subtly where maybe Mm -hmm. near the end of the movie, you realize that it's a predator from right the predator franchise right or even just i get that maybe they didn't have like for example like if they didn't have the rights 
to the Predator franchise, it could have just been an alien. Mm-hmm. It would have been interesting. It's mm-hmm. an interesting, like, oh, like, maybe Ancient Man encountered something fantastical like that. Right. And it could have been just through her perspective, which it kind of was, but, like, you had those establishing shots where it's, like, clearly we're telling the viewer aliens are coming. Mm-hmm. Don't get freaked out. But it could have been an awesome ride. Like, you're watching it. It's like Last of the Mohicans. It's like, oh, man, right, this is about right. Native Americans. And then, like, in the second act, it's like aliens come. It's like, is this seriously happening right now? Like, mm-hmm. what was this is crazy? Yeah. And you know what? For it being a straight direct to Hulu movie, right? <laughs> this is direct to Hulu. Like, yeah. Hulu's not known for their original content right. in the movie sphere, in the film sphere. Yeah, they have some good shows, right? But um, in the film sphere, maybe this is them getting their toes wet, the way that Netflix blew it out of the park with yeah. their productions. Yeah, I think this is... They're testing the waters. Mm-hmm. See if there's an audience. I think there is. I mean, this is a good oh, movie. Oh, totally. Started off. So, yeah, I think they have a bright future. Are you ready to close this out? All right, that's it for the Simon Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Prey. Please check it out where it is available. And before we sign off, thank you so much, Pete, for coming back. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to doing many more of these. Do people want to follow you on Instagram? Where can they follow you? I'm actually turning off all my socials, so... Oh, he's going dark. I'm going dark. Okay, never mind. But I'm always around. Yeah, you're always around in spirit. (laughs) But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicate. That is Syndicate on Instagram and Letterboxd. Or join the Discord server where you can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others at syndicate.com forward slash Discord. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.